Hello, and welcome to the Year of Love podcast. I'm your host, Allison Wu. Welcome to episode 17, where today we're going to talk about love. And love is in the theme of the great show Bridgerton season two. Finally had a chance to actually binge watch it. And I've got lots to say, as I'm sure you do too. This is one where we definitely want to hear your comments and questions in the comments section, please. And so for those who are uninitiated, Bridgerton is based on a series of historical romance novels written by Julia Quinn, brought to you by Shonda Land, the wonderful team who brought us How to Get Away with Murder and Scandal. And while it's set in the Regency era, it's got some very Ocron twists. And of course, it's about love, and that is ever enduring no matter what time period it is. So I think there are four key lessons learned from the Bridgerton season two series, which I'm going to tell you I loved much, much more than season one. Sorry, Daphne and Simon, but I felt like this was a much more grown up, more modern romance that one could really relate to. So we're gonna talk about what happens. So if you haven't watched the show, pause here, go watch it and come back. For those of you who've already watched it, let's dig in. All right, so first, lesson learn is definitely about being clear why you're in a relationship and what you want from it. Wasn't the defining moment of the show when Miss Edwina asked Lord Bridgerton, why did he choose her? That moment was so heartbreaking when he gave his explanation and said, well, it was clear. He's the Viscount. She was the diamond. It made sense on paper for them to be together. How many times have we all been in relationships where on paper things look good, but in reality may not have been the same? So I think hopefully the older we get, the wiser we get, but what an important moment and thing to glean from that. It became evident and so clear. I don't know if Lord Anthony heard it himself when he said it, but it became very clear, right? To all of us who watched that, clearly they were not getting together for the right reasons. So for that reason alone, it's definitely a moment to pause and glad that she made the decision to go in a different direction. What do you think about that? The second reason I love this show and this season so much was because I thought it was a great model for independent people. Imagine when they got together, they were both leaders of their families, and I think they had really seen themselves in some really different ways, not really thinking about, you know, just for themselves and what their heart was telling them. But I think on paper, they were trying to figure out what was going to be the best choice for their family. I'm nearly certain every last one of my brothers and sisters secretly despised me, my own mother at that, despite the fact I've lived the better part of my life for them, and yet still... All I find myself thinking about, all I find myself being able to breathe for is you. I just thought this idea where we're all in the world being independent people, driving our lives, they are such a great model for how two people who are strong individuals can come together and create an incredibly loving relationship. I mean, obviously they had a ton of chemistry, but they also saw the world in a similar way. They understood what responsibility was for, and they understood 
actually was kind of interesting. They really didn't realize though for themselves, it was okay to step back and be responsible to their own heart and not just for all the things that were on their shoulder. I did love it when Daphne said, for all the long suffering that Lord Anthony felt for himself and how he complained that he had to make all those choices, he really wasn't thinking, did he really have to? So I thought that was fascinating. And only a sister or sibling or a great friend can kind of make you see your own choices and what you're doing in ways that might make you stop and think, hmm, is that really really, really what they wanted to do. For those of you who are interested in learning more about how two strong individuals can come together, let me share with you this fantastic book. Thank you, Elizabeth Grace, our resident astrologer who shared it and recommended it with me a couple of years ago. It's called Conscious Loving, The Journey to Co-Commitment by Gay Hendricks and Catherine Hendricks. And it is kind of the model if you're a strong independent person thinking, how can I be in a relationship? This is a fantastic book. Okay. Reason number three that I think that we love the show is the whole thing of allowing. I love you. I've loved you from the moment we raced each other in that park. I've loved you at every dance, on every walk, every time we've been together and every time we've been apart, you don't have to accept it. You don't have to embrace it or even allow it. Knowing you, you probably will not, but you must know it in your heart. You must feel it because I do. I love you. I do not know what to say. You do not have to say anything. I do not think there is anything else to say. Other than I love you too. I want a life that suits us both. I know I am imperfect, but I will humble myself before you because I cannot imagine my life without you and that is why I wish to marry you. You do know there'll never be a day where you do not vex me. Is that a promise, Kathane As you see in that clip, Allowing yourself to be loved is such a huge part of what makes manifesting the relationship of your dreams possible. You know, it's not just this concept, it's also, you know, um, Jerry and Esther Hicks who talk about this whole thing of manifestation and why it's more about allowing. And sometimes that's why when we ask for things, we want things to come into our life and they don't we haven't allowed them to come in. And there's lots of reasons I think why that can happen. Sometimes I think we feel like we have to earn it. And I think you see that in Bridgerton too, where Ms. Sharma's mother says to her, you never had to earn your place here. You are always worthy of love. And let's just break it down for a moment. You know, it's fascinating that she, Ms. Sharma, never saw herself as being the person who should get married first. And it was because she held that belief that no one around her, neither her mother, any of the people in their, in their surroundings ever asked, why isn't she focused on getting married first instead of the younger sister, which at that time was not actually uh, the way things happened. So 
it's really interesting that if you want to change people's perceptions, we always think we have to go out there and change what other people are thinking. You actually have to change your own perception. And once she allowed love to come in and realize that she had the right to be happy, everybody else kind of realized, of course, she should be happy. Why shouldn't she be the one who marries the Viscount? So really fascinating lesson about allowing. It reminds us again that we need to allow all the good things that we want to come into our lives too. That is such a huge, huge piece of it. And finally, the last piece. I mean, this is absolutely happy ever after. And you look at them being incredibly happy. I mean, I think this is a couple we're going to want to see more of. We're going to want to see how their lives evolve. I, for one, can't wait to see how they end up, you know, raising a family, being the leaders in the community. You know, they're both going to have independent individual lives that are going to be very interesting. And I think that's what's going to, what's so exciting about being such a great model is you'll see them love and grow together as time goes on. They'll certainly have passions like cricket and other wonderful things, but I think you, you can see these two having really an interesting life that we're going to be want to be part of. I, for one, if we're thinking about season three, I know there's a real question now about what novel will they make season three about? I really want to see more of Anthony and Miss Sharma. So I certainly hope that we will definitely get to see more of their relationship grow and evolve into a mature one too. All right, well, those are my four reasons why I love season two of Bridgerton and the four lessons that I think we can all take with us, no matter whether you're single, whether you're in a relationship, there's so much more to grow and to learn from. I also love the whole notion that you can grow through a relationship. I thought that was incredibly meaningful too. So with that, we have a busy week ahead. Mercury retrograde is here. We're going to turn it now to Elizabeth Grace, our resident astrologer, who tell us our weather forecast for the week. Elizabeth, what can we expect? And here is the weather forecast for the week of May 8th. And this week, we have two big planetary patterns to talk about. So I'm just going to focus on them. First, on Tuesday, Jupiter enters Aries. In the language of astrology, Jupiter refers to expansion and often reward. Jupiter can be buoyant on the upside, bombastic on the downside. And while it is in, while it is in, in <laughs> and while it is in Aries, we will see an expansion of all things related to Aries, such as the color red, steel, Iron, warriors, courage, pioneers, the head, and fire. Yeah, fire. This summer is going to be hot, and Jupiter is going to be in Aries until the end of October. Jupiter has been in Pisces since the beginning of the year, where it has been expanding our sense of empathy. With Jupiter moving into Aries, the focus is no longer on the suffering of others, unless you are crusading for the underdog. Jupiter in Aries finds its reward in fighting the good fight. Also on Tuesday, Mercury goes retrograde, and there is absolutely no reason to freak out. In the language of astrology, Mercury refers to how we need to think 
and communicate, travel, and commerce. When Mercury is retrograde, it appears to move backwards through the sky from our perspective on planet Earth, but it's not really moving backwards. It's like when you are driving on the freeway in the express lane and you're passing a car on your right, and as you pass that car, the slower car appears to move backwards, but it is not really moving backwards, and neither is Mercury, okay? Mercury retrograde gets a bad rap because we are geared in this crazy modern age to always be thinking and doing and moving forward. And you know what that gets you? Burnout. We need our downtimes, and Mercury retrograde is a perfect time to give our minds a rest. Why else would your computer or phone choose this time to malfunction? Because we're supposed to be slowing down. And as we slow down, it is vitally important that we focus. When Mercury is retrograde, be prepared for travel delays, scheduling screw-ups, mechanical breakdowns, computer crashes, having to repeat what you just said, misunderstandings, surprise reunions, and having to repeat what you just said. Use your focus and double check important details like email addresses, the correct spelling of your name, and whether the restaurant you've agreed to meet a friend at for lunch is actually open. If you are looking for a job, Mercury retrogrades are a perfect time to reach out to people from your past. Go through your address book and trust that your contacts will be all too happy to hear from you. But don't be frustrated if your target is on vacation or keeps rescheduling your meetings. In your business, you'll need to make sure that all communications have been received and are clearly understood. Make sure all of your data files are backed up. Do it now. Also, be aware of a higher than average probability for delays in shipping and travel arrangements. And for this, you'll need an extra dose of patience. You may also find it profitable to review a project from the past. Maybe you shelved it back then, but now is the time to reconsider. However, be advised that a spontaneous, out of the blue idea for advancement may not be so sound when Mercury turns direct. This is why the conventional wisdom advises against finalizing and signing contracts on deals that are made during Mercury retrograde. An exception might be made if you are renegotiating or relocating. But if you absolutely must close a deal, and sometimes you have to, just triple check everything. This is a great time to schedule a corporate retreat, any activity that affords you the opportunity to review past performance is encouraged. Research on a new strategy is also favored, but don't act on it just yet. Mercury retrogrades are not favored for launching a new website or a new communications system because of the higher than average probability of technical glitches and confusion. You wanna adopt a playful attitude of flexibility to whatever twists you encounter. Avoid making major purchases, especially electronic ones, 
don't believe everything you hear or read in the papers. Although we're probably gonna hear and read an awful lot because Mercury retrograde has a very strange way of digging up the past. Rumors have a higher probability of spreading during Mercury retrograde. Avoid losing patience. That's a big one. When in doubt, be silent. Mercury turns retrograde on Tuesday, May 10th at four degrees of Gemini. It retraces its steps all the way back to 26 degrees of Taurus, where it turns direct on June 3rd. It comes back to four degrees of Gemini on June 18th. So that's the whole span of this Mercury retrograde. So you want to plan on relaxing, reviewing, researching, reorganizing, regenerating, reconnecting, recreating, and reviewing your life, maybe with your astrologer. That's the weather forecast for the week of May 8th, and I'm your weather gal, Elizabeth Grace. Back to you in the studio, Allison. All right. Well, it's the end of a frizzy week. Next week, join us. We're going to have, if you've loved the interiors and the inspirations of Bridgerton, we're actually going to take a modern look at how to create a home you can love with some inspiration from a lot of other shows, including Succession and Anatomy of a Scandal. So tune in to do that. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel so that you'll get our newest episodes. Go to yearoflovepodcast.com. You'll find us on Apple, Amazon, Audible, and all your favorite places, including Spotify. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a terrific week.